Okay, fantastic. Is this like a regular phone call or a podcast episode? I'm going to call it a podcast episode. Okay, good. I was, that's the questions on everyone's lips. So that's, I was <laughs> like, that doesn't next, matter. What? When's the next Rachel and Rob podcast coming out? Yeah, that's I know. Oh, yeah. Whenever they have time to call. <laughs> what are you up to? How are you doing? Uh, I'm just working from home and not doing too much else. So that's how the, the are like I was wondering about right and are now are the designers working from home or the people working for, at the hot webcast? We have a smaller staff right now. Um, oh, all the stores are closed and we're basically working online exclusively. That's what I thought. I was like, oh, yeah. I was thinking, well, yeah, I'm sure people aren't going to physically get out to to work in the stores or can't, you know. Yeah, I mean. That makes sense. It's all online stuff and design stuff. Yeah, and that seems to be going pretty well. Um, everyone, it's kind of interesting how much change has happened in one, one week. Oh, it's insane. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to talk about um, about that and how you're dealing with it and what you noticed is going on and and about what what surprisingly we didn't air the, the podcast that we were talking about last time because uh, I I don't know I just didn't want to because we were talking about our not predictions but we were talking about what might happen and yeah. I just felt uncomfortable about being canceled or you know whatever but we should talk about that too if you want but yeah, yeah how is like- that the last time we talked, um, yeah. I think we were uh, still, like, pretty optimistic that maybe, like, it was going to go the way of, like, SARS and West Nile and um, all of those things are pretty serious. Like, people actually die with those things. Oh, yeah. Um, but usually the media feels like um, it's terrorizing oh, yeah. you with it, but you actually it's don't just, see. It's a terrible fear machine. Um, yeah, I remember it wasn't even really about the pandemic and more about like the skepticism where I was noticing because I'm in an environment where people play CSNBC or, you know, CNN mm. like all the time. So I get sort of mainstream news. It's that way, like... but it, I there's so many times when I hear it that there's things that I think are completely biased or false, mm. or you know, you know, in the sense like they'll cover a celebrity saying, oh, you know, the Kardashians don't have the coronavirus, but they won't talk about like they won't talk about the, te- the not being enough tests for people who are like regular mm. people or whatever, like the way they focus it and frame their stories. I was highly suspicious of, and then I was thinking about the weirdos down the street who don't believe in the coronavirus. They're all those dumbasses who go on spring break, oh. you know, at Corona, like MTV spring break, you know, because they're like, well, whatever, we're 19, we're 20, we don't care, you know, right. we don't, or they believe it's like a hoax. And so it's like, and I was judging those people for not believing it, but I was like, but I, there's a lot of things I don't believe. Like, I don't believe a lot of the way things are reported too. And we were just talking about our skepticism in general. Like, how can you tell what's yeah. real and not? And you but still, I, like, need to have those um, feelers out there looking for that stuff because yeah, um, there's still a lot of misinformation out there. It seems like lots. The, it seems like the re- reason that so much change was possible is because so many lay people were communicating with each other around the world, you know, like, the government's like two steps behind and they're still not like, it doesn't sound like to me that they're still not um, communicating effectively what's going on. Like yesterday 
Mm, Trump's big yeah. press conference was saying that you don't need a test if you're not showing symptoms. But, like, that's the whole point of the um, shelter in place is because we don't know who's infected and who's not infected because you might be infected without symptoms. And it just, like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I've just been waiting for the government to be like, okay, this is the message, but they seem oh, to be no. taking steps towards that, but then they, like, mm-hmm. fall short every time. Well, I think there's people who have vested interest. Like, I know, for example, there are people who think that if they have an accurate number of the cases, that it will affect their reelection because it looks bad for some right. political parties. So they have to, like, so they purposely, like, say, oh, there's not enough tests, you know, or they say, oh, states have to pay for respirators medical equipment, you know, because in a way they, they're wanting to sort of have undocumented deaths that like, you know, they, they don't count against them. They're thinking oh, of them like a, a yeah. game. So like I That's assume good. that everything's super underreported, blah, blah, blah. Um, because I think there are two people, like two sides that want to like underreport it. People who want people to be remain hopeful and optimistic mm which are legitimately good things because, you know, people do despair. And then people who who politically advantages them. So there's a lot. And I think last time I I was kind of bellyaching about how um, I was feeling like this would be an intensification of my experience the last Mm -hmm. year. And now I've I've thought about it, and it is, but I'm in a position where maybe it could be helpful. Uh, in maybe so. some ways. Well, the last year has been really hard for me because, um, you know, I, uh, I haven't, I've been really isolated. And I right. used to be a type of person who interacted with people and people tended to sort of like me or at least find me amusing. And I would coincidentally run into people all the time. And this past year, because I can't move and I can't drive, and sometimes, like, I have a hard time walking and I rely on other people to bring me places. For the most part, I haven't interacted with anybody for, mm-hmm. like, a year. Like, I'd maybe go out once a week or twice a week for physical therapy. I started going to regular therapy once a week. And I've been taking a music lesson once a week. And that's it. That's all I physically see in person, like, for the last year, except for my parents. So... You know, so in a way, that's pretty severe. And so I was like, yeah. you know, kind of belly aching about, oh, I bet there's going to be a quarantine or, or my parents are going to believe in a quarantine and I'm going to not, <laughs> the, the few places I actually go because I'm auto, my the medicine I'm taking affects my immune system. So oh. I'm one of those at high risk types that, um, so, uh, so it did take out like the one sliver of interaction. And because the only people I interact with in Des Moines are you and Mia and sometimes Becky via internet, you know, mm. I was like, well, damn, those are my only pe- like, those are my only friends really, you know, mm. uh, but uh, I don't mean it, it not. And if you're listening, I'm not putting anybody in Des Moines on blast. You guys are all good. But, you know, in terms of mm. people I physically talk to, that's it. So, um, I don't know. And so uh, I was thinking, but I, I this is obviously, but this isn't as bad as much of the belly aching I'm getting from people in quarantine and they're like, day three, and I'm so isolated. And I was like, <laughs> oh, babe, I'm kind of used, like, this isn't that worse than my regular life. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, my life is pretty terrible, but I've been dealing with it for <laughs> a year. So maybe I could give some advice about it, you know, in the sense that, well, you know. True. Oh yeah. So what what advice do you have? I don't know. I think it's it's really hard to get rid of that uh, puritanical work ethic mm. in a way. Like, because I used to believe, you know, with the jobs that I had, they would I'd have so many jobs, and then I'd also, if I was tired, I would say, well, I'm not working right now, so I owe it to myself to do artwork instead mm-hmm. of writing or watch TV. Like I spent most of my time in my art studio or at work. And that was about it for the last like five years or so. But now I'm like, Oh, I'm either tired or want to watch TV or 
when I'm when I'm doing artwork like dogs and stuff, I feel bad that I'm not doing my comics or not practicing the boot banjo or not doing this. And so I kind of am like a, what do you call it? Fear of missing out type where mm. when I'm working on something, I'm thinking of all the other things I should be doing. Right. You know, which is, you know, don't shit on yourself is a big thing that the witches used to tell me all the time. It should is a terrible word. Don't do that. You're shooting all over yourself. And I was like, oh, man, I'm embarrassing myself in front of the coven. Oh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, um, you know, so that's one good thing is that, and then maybe now I've started timing myself. So when I start making art, I'll say, well, I'm going to make this for 30 minutes. And then after 30 minutes, I'll see if I could do something else. Or if I want to keep working, I'll keep working on it. And you know, oh, do cool. it every thirty minutes. So I like I'll practice my uke for thirty minutes, and then if I want to keep practicing, I'll do another thirty minutes. And that way, that's, I won't feel like like I'm more regimented. You know, mm, that sort of seems like a good idea. But I feel I feel resistance to trying that I would, for some reason. Well, it was a compromise. <laughs> this was a compromise mm. for me because at first I was thinking, well, I should schedule my days out because I respond really good to days. If you don't have a fixed schedule like a work thing. Mm-hmm. I was finding like being in monasteries helped where you said, well, from eight to eight thirty, I'm eating breakfast and that's over. And then at, you know, like, and you have the schedule that you'd live by, like where you'd work for an hour at a certain time. And then you stop work no matter where you are at the, at the end of that time, you know, and it was really mm-hmm. kind of nice because you didn't have to think about what your choices were. Like, what am I going to do? It was yeah. surprisingly free. Freeing. Sure. And so having, but so and this was my compromise. Is- what? Oh, I was saying having abundance of choice is pretty uh, debilitating sometimes. It is. But and sometimes, like, you spend a lot of your time, a lot of your thinking, like, well, what am I going to wear today? And, you know, not everyone has one of those, you know, that in Clueless where she has a computer that puts her outfits together for oh her. You know? <laughs> so we don't all have access to our own personal stylist, you know, so in a way... If if your only choice are all black robes, <laughs> like you would have in a monastery, there's not a whole lot of thinking about what you're going to do, like what you're going to wear. And you can use that thought for something else, or you just don't have to be stressed about, you know, what, how does this, does this go with this? Or, you know, <laughs> or even like, what does it matter what I wear because no one's going to see me? And, you know, like, or God, I, I you know, I, I'm too fat to wear this, or God, this might work with someone. Like all the extraneous critical thoughts you might have, kind of fall away because there's not any other options. In that way, there's like a freeing element to it. In mm. some ways, you know, where you say, "Should I be doing the dishes, or should I be working on my artwork?" Well, if you have a designated time to do your dishes and a designated time to do your artwork, you don't have to feel guilty about either one. You yeah, know what that's I mean? True. Yeah, but I agree that goes against my nature. I'm not like that at all. I'm very much <laughs> spontaneous. So I'm trying it as an experiment. You're convincing me. It's good. And then there's one more thing I'm trying as an experiment, and I think it's going okay. really well. Well, I've been I've been enjoying, but one thing about I love about Des Moines is all the musicians do these house shows, or you mm-hmm. know, in their basements or whatever. And then a lot of them have been doing Instagram shows. Where they'll post like twelve thirty, we're doing a show. I know Gloom Balloon and and Adam and the parking lot did a show, and uh, Ramona did a show with her husband mm. a few days ago. And I'm like, oh my god, it's so nice. So I've been trying to go to different shows that people are doing, and I was thinking that we should do that too. Or you know, like you 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 and uh, Taylor used to do those studio visits, like studio parties where everyone just made artwork and the same thing and mm. they chatted. Or we could like, do it you know, over Google. We could do that. Like, or, or people can do that. Or like even instead of the stress of doing a show, because I've been practicing the uke and going, man, maybe I should do some kind of thing where I just have people like, you know, do a song for people, even though I'm terrible at it. But then I thought, well, why do I even have to think of a song? Why not just have a thing where you say, we're going to be live at this point. We'll just hang out and like, it won't be entertaining, but 
That's if you see people want to talk, they can, but they don't have to. They can just work on their work. And it could be a, like a studio time. Like, I'm doing this in the art studio, and here's, I'm just going to film it. Yeah, you know, like live, and you, go, you can do it with yours live, you know, and then we could talk or not talk, you know, because I think what's nice about hanging out with people is when there's no, like, neither one has got to impress the other person, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, Which over is- half the time I'd go to the studio party, I barely did any artwork. You yeah. Know? It was more just so, absorbing that group energy. Yeah, or when we did, like, the drawing parties, that was really nice with the, the alcohol to loosen people up so they would all draw on the same piece of paper. Is there any way that people can, like, digitally draw in the same space? I really don't know. should exist somewhere. Yeah, I think it should. I don't know if it does. Well, I was, ta- I was, uh, Becky was writing me about the podcast saying that she pretty much plays it in her studio. So she said, she's the one who convinced me it was okay that it's just a phone conversation because she's like, oh yeah, it's like eavesdropping. And I just play it <laughs> for making artwork. And I was like, oh man, that's a good idea. You we know, should tell more, um, personal story. <laughs> more advice or we should acknowledge that there's an audience oh by the way audience the name of the show what is the name of the show it's called it where... pizza pumpkin poodles and peacocks okay i was just gonna say no it's where, <laughs> where you are i am of a podcast oh. or where you go i go a podcast oh yeah Rachel. that's what it is right yeah, I bet I was like noticing that most podcasts actually tell the listeners that they actually are a show. Um, but anyways, back to ignoring the audience. Um, yeah, we don't have I time would, for that. I, I, I have I I, I want to let you talk for a little while. I just want to say one more thing. Yeah, so no, I feel like I'm talking a lot. Um, this the last year and has really made me think a lot. In this in this. I, isolation since it's just more of last year about like the importance of you know community or just the importance of interacting with people yeah um and like the art like i love i love what Lindsay does with the reliable street and the fact that they're doing like homemade or movies like a drive-in theater at their yeah, like, reliable that. street where they're projecting onto the barn or you know onto that big silo you know and people mm-hmm. just drive in their cars so they don't have to physically interact with each other because they have car windows between them and they just watch a movie together. And I think that's, you know, I don't know. Do you it think you'll be able like, to go to the drive-in all the way in Louisiana? Is it set up that I don't way? Know if they, I don't know if there's any drive-ins. Um, and like I said, since I haven't well, I just, been able to I interact just, with anybody here, it's hard to say. Like I just mean I know um, that there's oh, yeah. seems like you Go should on. be able to watch the reliable movie, however it's set up. Um, yeah, I really and, wanna see their 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 new uh musical that they're gonna do. Where they're putting all the lights on the silo and doing the sort of tower of light thing. But when they do the DIY drive in during the quarantine, I feel like you might be able to access whatever movie they're projecting and watch it along with people. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about like how Melissa and I did that every Christmas break because we were stressed about hanging out with family. We've been doing that for like six or seven years now of like a Facebook event where we all watch a Hallmark movie and we make fun of it for, and then people just join in and add their comments. And I was like, damn, we should do that just regular, like all the time. Like I pick out a really cruddy movie and we just, you know, people just download it or, or watch it at the same time, you know, well, there was that Chrome um, extension I sent you where we could all watch Netflix at the same time. Oh, and my God. I want to get that. I want, I didn't realize that. I need to go back and look at that. And I think at Reliable Street, they're going to try to put the movie on like a radio transmission so you can listen to it from your car from the radio. And even though you won't be able to pick up that transmission, I downloaded this app called Radio Garden, 
And it's like mm-hmm. Google Earth, but you just move the Earth around and you pick up all these radio stations from anywhere Ooh, on Earth. You might be able to that. use that to listen to the movie. And then I feel like everyone would be in a Google Hangout chat who's watching the movie. So then we would do that thing like you and Melissa did for Christmas movies. That I'm would be amazing. Like, I would love that. Whoa. I mean, yeah, the thing with the Christmas movies that got worse is, and this is a very controversial hot take, but I will go with it. Is it seems like Hallmark Christmas movies are the best, and Netflix Christmas movies are terrible, or Hulu Christmas movies are terrible. They don't have the same magic, and uh, <laughs> they're too self-aware. But neither one of us are going to pay for a Hallmark cable channel, so you oh, know, shoot. so we don't have access to that. Neither one of us have access to it. And I was like, the beauty of it is there's a weird sincerity to Hallmark movies that Netflix is too like hip and self-aware to you know they know they're kind of terrible damn you're calling them out (laughs) no they're they're a bunch of i don't want to use the word hipsters but they're they're too sophisticated you know i feel like that's an ivory tower type of person looking down at the masses going this is crap i'm gonna give it to you whereas hallmark doesn't show their hand as much I mean, they may mm. be thinking the same thing, but they're much more clever about disguising it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Well, that, and the other, I don't know. I mean, I'm hoping that, like, one thing that's going to happen is that people are, like, how how artificial and uh, weird everyone's priorities in this culture kind of are. You know, that like the people who actually do physical work and interact with people are usually the ones that are also the least paid, you know, mm. whereas like politicians or, you know, corporate people who, you know, just bet on horses and stocks and stuff are paid much more. But like teachers and, you know, service workers and. Yeah, they're all still working. They have to work. Yeah, they have to work, and and they're really important. Like, if all the grocers yeah. stopped stocking things, there would be, you know, like they, someone has crazy. to do that. And like, so people really depend on those jobs existing. It seems like it's devalued so little, but right. it seems like it shouldn't be. You know, that's and then the, I I don't know. It's been making me think about just the art. You know, like I'm making these dog things, and when I do them, I feel terrible. I'm like, I should be making art, but then I realize, well, that's their gift. Maybe, maybe I should think of them like a gift to people to make them happy, and then therefore, yeah. you know, it's like a connection that maybe, I don't know, I don't know. I think, but how? I think good. Well, they're they're fun. I don't know what what they are. You know, um, I do them because I think they, you know. I don't know why I'm doing them. I don't think they're art, but I think they're 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 fun. Yeah. Well, definitely. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot, and one of the yeah. lot things is after this is all done, we have the knowledge that we can take care of people even though it's not a crisis. Like, there's actually no reason why we should not be pulling out all the stops if people are in peril just because most people are in peril or something. Like, yeah, yeah. People people should have the resources that they need and we shouldn't worry so much about... Um, well, yeah, it could be... It's just pointing out all the, like, really inherent weaknesses in the way we prioritize and structure society. I mean, there's so much, I don't know, I sound like a conspiracy theory, but, you know, like food being uh, transported, you know, and things not being local, but like, you know, the way food is distributed, the way money is distributed, if they do give away the $2,000 thing mm-hmm. for people to for unemployment thing, well, it's like, why aren't they, do, why don't they do that now? Or if they are trying to find emergency housing for people or, you know, things like that, or even like yeah, the like idea pe- of like these weirdos who are trying to profit off of sanitizers or 
the drug mm. like testing or the fact that those two politicians um, dumped all their stocks because they knew that there was going to be a lot of coronavirus virus warnings. Yeah, it's crazy. So they, they They're like, oh, I have, money. I have uh, dire information about the state of the world. I'll just keep it to myself and... I make some money off of it. And then yeah. it's like, and that is like literally what the American ethic is. Like that's what it is to be, pull yourselves up from the bootstraps and like be mm. like a, a good capitalist entrepreneur. Like, oh, yes, rewarded as being smart and being the appropriate behavior. Like if someone says they're patriotic, that's what they mean. That's, that's sort I don't know. It's making me rethink like you, you remember all the people you've ever known that have like asked when you were doing an art major uh, how you would make a living, mm. you know, yep. in a very judgy way. And now I'm reinterpreting that. What they meant is, how are you going to be able to to take money from weak and vulnerable people? Oh, like, how are you going to be like? That's what they were saying. That's what they were like. But but you have an obligation to try to like wrestle someone and take stuff away from them, like in, in be uh, selfish is sort of when someone mm-hmm. like, and I think that's like living in a really evil society. And I hope other people might see that, but I don't think they will. Maybe they will. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, I think some people will wake up, um, but I think we also will forget just because of the nature of humans. Yeah. Like, yeah, I can see. This whole this whole thing is very psychological, even though it's also, uh, you know, impacting the physical world. And um, yeah, you know, people. I I don't necessarily know that like Trump is over because of this, or you know, because they're gonna spin the story and people are gonna oh, believe yeah. what they're gonna believe. And um, yeah, I think yeah, there's people who seem to be very out of touch with how most people experience things mm. and like they're not going to change or they might get like slightly inconvenienced and that might slightly open their mind. I mean, you know, it's the still thing with privilege, you know? Yeah. Like, well, and I've, I've had the privilege of like obsessively looking at the internet for the last two weeks. Yeah. Um, but I feel like when I realized people who don't do that um like they're probably just now like learning about coronavirus you know like if you live on twitter if you live on instagram you know about it but um a lot of people a lot of people haven't been paying attention like that um, which is kind of weird think about super weird i mean for me it's interesting like yeah there's a lot of people in the, uh, I think like, uh, I don't know. It's sort of, I was realizing that the, the structure of like television news, the way, what gets ratings and get people like into watching it is, is it's, it's very fearful making, like it's very mm-hmm. anxiety producing, but then it's something that you have to swallow to be informed or that's what they, they have you hostage. So they can make you feel terrible and they can word things in such a way that it makes every single thing they talk about like the end of the world, you know? And so if you do ingest it, it's like ingesting a poison or something. But at the Mm -hmm. same time, inside of what they're saying, there's like nuggets of things that you need to be aware of. And so it makes me very, Mm -hmm. like, angry, like, that they're hiding things under these bundles because I, I do feel terrible when I look at like Twitter or Facebook, you know, mm-hmm. most social media I've been trying to, trying to figure out how to shield myself from and still at the same time get information from because I, you know, I can't look at either one of those without being angry. Well, and I feel like the pandemic is kind of slow, like in Iowa, Every evening they announce how many more people that we know have contracted it, and it's a, it's been a pretty slow number. Oh, well, yeah. I was going to say, Iowa may be pretty slow, 
partly because there's not many tests, but also there's not a lot yeah. of international. Like I know there's like probably at least the last I heard over 400 people in New Orleans. And then in the sort of suburb of New Orleans where I live, uh, there's like about 15. Um, and it, that, and that's pretty small at town that I'm in right now. Mm. It's pretty small, but like, so it seems to be where there's a lot of travel, but also given that most of people haven't had the opportunity to take the test, but l- luckily for Iowa, it's more of a destination city. You don't like to say <laughs> not a whole lot of people like voluntarily travel to Iowa without having to be, you know, or travel, you know, so there's hopefully you you guys will be cushioned by all the the state. Hopefully everyone will be, you know, except for the coasters. Not that I wish anything bad on the coasters, mm. the east and west coast. I don't know. It's very confusing. We went out to get carry out last night, and I was just like thinking about everything that I was touching. I wore a mask and just thinking about, mm-hmm. you know, the likelihood of like people coming in internationally or whatever, like we're just all super connected. Like even if nobody is flying in and out of here from wherever, like the people that do are in other towns and then they hang out with other people and then they might drive across the country and then somebody might get gas. Like, um, I mean, that, oh, yeah. that, that no. kind of thinking can kind of like explode your brain a little bit, but um, it's Will just you? kind of amazing. Like I had to give my credit card and so there was a touch mm. there and then I had to use a pen and there was a touch there. Oh yeah. When someone uses, gives you a pen to use, that's terrible. Or when they, and it's just like, or even God, like where are the pins made and who made, who packaged the pins and where is this made? Whether this object, like, or if you order anything, um, which I have to do a lot because the way stores are structured, they're so gigantic that it's very hard for me to actually go to a store because they're all giant big box things. And so yeah. it's, it's hard for me to walk through a target or through any kind of grocery store. Most of them are too big for me to be able to walk or they were, you know, so, but I, I think like, the problem with the ordering things is, you know, someone on the other side of it has packed it and it was made somewhere. So it's been touched by a lot of people or even money. Not that people, anyone pays with paper currency anymore, but yeah, well, that has been all like, over. I need to uh, finally set up my Apple Pay. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, we were listening to the Joe Rogan with Duncan Trussell, which was really fun. They dressed up for the quarantine podcast. And oh, nice. They were saying something about, well, they were kind of spitting some conspiracies, not in seriousness, but just like having fun thinking about all the implications of all this. And they were saying yeah. something about like how this is like some kind of training of like how well um, we can all survive on technology. And if we can like um, mm-hmm. prove that we can do all this stuff digitally, then that will just like further enhance AI in the future or something like that. So, like, here I am finally making the push, like, I guess Apple Pay might be a good idea. Um, oh, yeah. You know it's what? It's just, like, some I, kind of confirmation about... I was thinking of stuff about that, but in slightly more depressing terms, but that's kind of nice. Uh, a few <laughs> weeks ago, I was thinking about, like, just, you know, virtual reality technology a lot of people are really obsessed with, I know Duncan is, and things like that, um, is this this internet shopping and internet, you know, digital, you know, social media and stuff. All of that is prepping people to live in the post-climate um, world. Post-climate? You know, it's, it's, all, oh like, it's all like, oh, this is, this is just so that people can interact with each other and and live underground bunkers so they don't have to worry about, like, once this place turns into a total hellhole and all the animals die off, you know, then the people who are rich enough to afford the underground shelters in, you know, will, will ha- like, 
have a whole functioning society that can kind of poke each other through electronics and have it in a virtual world. Which is much more depressing than the Duncan Trussell. I prefer Duncan Trussell's conspiracy theory. <laughs> I like but I've been so really obsessed because... with thinking about isolation and like all this year because it's kind of my thing now. You know? Now it's all of our thing. I know, which is great. It makes me feel very connected to people right now. At the top Weird. of the year, because I was, like, getting into, like, Ramdas, and I was, like, looking up um, Vipassana retreats, oh, where yeah. you would, like, be isolated. Well, you're not really isolated, but you would be in silence for 11 days, I think, and you meditate in silence for, like, 11 hours a day. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking, like, huh. Like, how is it that um, I do a little bit have that opportunity now? But globally, we're all sitting at home being told not to do much for an extended uh, period of time. It's pretty wild. No, it is. It's interesting. I saw something on the Internet that was like, the last generation was asked to go to war. This generation is... uh, Asked to stay home and watch TV. Oh, please. <laughs> well, yeah, I get that. Uh, I don't know. It's funny. Well, he was talking to me a little bit about it because we were talking about her wedding and mm. stuff like that. Oh, by the way, you're going to be the surrogate me. I, I heard that. But I, I told hope, her that in my thing, I'll, I'll have parts that you get to improv. I'll say, okay, say a funny joke here. And oh, my preference would be, like, you not read the speech until you're reading it live in front of people. So that way you could be surprised at what you have to say. Actually, no, I don't think that. But we were talking about that, and 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 I was thinking it was really a smart, I don't know. Like when you were saying, last generation, we have to go to war. We were going to have to go to watch TV and not go out. I, I think that is funny way of wording it. I know that like CNN has some old crazy lady and the Trump administration talking about like people not wanting to, you know, people going out and millennials not believing it. And then they show film of people on spring break and stuff. And I personally don't know anyone like that, that I interact with or socially interact with on social media. Mm. And it seems like it was, I was just saying, no, the millennials I know, it seems like it's the nice generation. It's like the cuddly generation, oh. like kind of all. The millennials are the charity. cuddly generation? Yeah, they all give to charity. They all give to Bernie. Like oh. They all support music and art and they all seem, but again, I only hang out with art people, but you know, they all seem to like, like be lovely, you know, like they don't, there yeah. doesn't seem to be like as many, but again, I only live with sort of, I only interacted really with urban party types. So maybe my, I have a judgment, but you know, it's like, I don't know. It seems like, yeah, they're all like community oriented. That might not be the case, but um, I don't know how people have this view of like, Oh, of course these selfish millennials or, you know, Gonna complain about having to watch their Netflix and blah blah blah. And I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know who the hell you're talking about. But <laughs> again, I don't, I don't know much. I'm sure there's all the types existing. Yes, I, I guess so. There was a, a buttload of negative Generation Xs, though. <laughs> For sure. For sure, oh. there was. But what were we going to do? I forgot what we were talking about. Oh, yeah. Hi. Mia's wedding. That was really oh, sad, yeah. but I think really smart of good for good for. I know. There's been her. a lot of people caught kind of yeah. um, unexpectedly, like big life changes, people who are moving. Yeah. And have yeah. their stuff all over the place. And it's kind of like, oh, man. Mm-hmm. Well, and the fact, yeah. Wild. No, go ahead. Well, the fact that most Americans, I forgot the percentage, who don't have access to an extra $400 in their savings or anything, mm-hmm. like, so that any time any emergency happens, like, they would be fucked. 
you know what I mean? Like in terms of a medical thing or anything like that. Like I forgot how many, what, like 33, a lot, or maybe more than that. I think a lot more than that. And so that makes me, I don't know, this sort of really definitely points to sort of things that need to change. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, yeah. like people can't live that way, or if they are asked to live that way, then there has to be some way to help with, like there's some, something that we as a civilization have to do to like yeah. provide for people who need help with I don't know. I don't know. Right. Yeah. I'm not. Well, I've been thinking about it. Like I don't know. After all this goes on the wayside, how we like hold the government to higher standards of like taking care of people. But uh, it's not out of the question. No, it isn't. It's just uh Yeah. I don't know. And like I said. I like that it's a break from talking about or being stressed about the election as much as <laughs> because that is somewhat depressing too in some ways. So um, crazy. It is crazy. Yeah, like because even if if the even if we get rid of the Trumpster, it'll still feel like we're letting the DNC win. You know, without, they didn't even learn a lesson. You know, like from last time. Like, oh, no. You know. And so no matter what happens, it's not going to be a victory for me. I'm just like, well, I guess I'll let them get away with it again. You know, damn it. You know. I know. So and the Bernie the was doing, like, so, such good work. I felt what? like the Bernie camp was doing such good work. They were, like, working their asses off. It's like, how how much do you have to, like, sacrifice to make change? It's crazy. No, I know. I mean, and and in a lot of ways, even the har- even like the terrible harpy women on the View, like you know, the one good thing they say about Bernie is he shifted the conversation less. So now all of the people running have to address Medicaid for all. Mm. Like, so I'm sure that all of this, in theory, will shift the conversation less. But the fact that like it's still the candidate that that the party wants. And I guess is going to get is not for any of that, and says they'll veto any of that if it comes by his desk, you know. So I guess theoretically it shifted, but it's still not going to change, you know, for unless they have to. And I guess Obama did yeah. shift on gay marriage because he had to, you know. What do you feel about like focusing attention at the local level? I think that's the way to do it. I mean, I think it's the only way to do it. Like the fact that several politicians were thinking about legalizing cannabis is only because like states and cities were. And I think focusing on the local environment is the way to to solve a lot of problems. But I also Mm -hmm. think, and I, I really enjoy, like I get a lot of, I get like a so many emails from the Bernie camp kids about like, you know, asking for money, but they're asking for money for like, these are the five charities that we're going to divide your donation into this. Like if you could donate, blah, 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 it'll go to, and then they list all these charities that they think would help the most people in the coronavirus, you know? And, and like, so I'm like, well, now that they have this in place and they have these people who are mobilized and if the motivation for the people isn't just cult worship of a figure, but instead these issues, then there's got to be a lot that can be done on a local level, or that right. that energy or those that network can be used to make changes. You know, yeah, I mean, I feel the like federal the federal government, like there there are states that have done like the free free community college. You know, in some states, mm-hmm. I forgot. But there's some of these things that, ha- and then uh, Massachusetts, under Romney, Massachusetts was the first to try to do some kind of. Right. You know, some kind of medical thing, which turned into Obamacare, but they were the only ones who were trying to do something, you know, and it was like Obamacare was a, a Republican plan, you know, at first, right? Yeah. I think. So, I mean, I think that there's a lot, like, that can be done, and I think 
it might be able, not a lot, but I think that, you know, it's just, you can't give up hope, you know, and there's got to be some, you know, if if the federal government's going to be dumbasses about it, I guess I just have to dump them, you know, and say, well, let's see if I can work with other people. Yeah. But I don't know anyone in the state too much, so it will be Not weird. Yet. Not yet, but I don't see, I don't see, I I know that the the okay. you know they're slowly do they're slowly presenting it in a way that's acceptable to people. So you know a few days ago Trump said, well this is probably going to last until at least August, like the the vaccine or something. But, but I don't think that he started out saying it would only last a few weeks, and then you know by the hot weather we'll get rid of the disease. And now he's saying, well, no, the disease still will still be around, but should be gone by the end of August. So I think they're going to keep rolling it out. And it probably will be about a year, maybe two. Maybe not. Who knows? I don't Hard even know say. what that means. <laughs> I don't know what it means either. And like I said, I can see how it would be a really ambiguous thing for people who are not, like, technically not at risk. You know, if they're in a certain age group and they're they're not their autoimmune system isn't compromised, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, like I can see how that would be frustrating, especially you know if your if your livelihood depends on interacting with people. You know. Yeah. Um, I I think yesterday like seemed pretty easy to develop some kind of fear of the outside under these conditions like yeah when we went out to pick up food i was like oh man like it's just subtle just like an idea in my head like i sort of feel like i can be like just permanently afraid of the outdoors but i feel like if it's going to go that long like we'll have to make modifications but i i don't know i saw something that was like some place in Italy gave the whole town coronavirus testing and they were able to, like, um, contain it, I guess, is the idea. Yeah, I think there's a lot of really common sense things they can do to contain it. And I think testing, like a lot of people, so they have an idea of what they're dealing with, would be great. I think, uh, you know, setting up like I said, sort of tent hospitals to prepare. Because, again, the problem with it is people aren't going to show any symptoms for, what, like 14 days or something? Yeah, it's crazy. It's like the creepiest thing I never thought of. Like, nobody made a video, nobody made a zombie movie where, like, everyone's infected. Yeah, and there's been, like... Quietly. (laughs) I mean, there's been a lot of talk about this happening for years. Not this, but, like, you know, when there was a SARS virus or Ebola virus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and we've been lucky well, like Netflix, in the sense that there hasn't been a Spanish flu-like thing in a Netflix while. Netflix just, like, posted, like, some kind of pandemic thing, and it was like, how to prevent a pandemic? But they just posted it this week. <laughs> like oh, <a> interesting. <laughs> well, there is a series they had that was last week, I think, or maybe it was mm-hmm. this week. Yeah, it was, it was like a series that was all about, like, it is called Pandemic, and it was like a reality series. Did you, did you and it was mostly... The- Huh? Did you watch the Mark Marin stand up already about the end of the world? Yes, I did. That was so it's good. So, was like, it's so creepily on the money. Like there's so, so many on the synchronous money. there's so many synchronistic things that came out this week. Yeah. But, I agree. But maybe everyone's always talking about the end of the world, so it just feels on point. No, it's it's been feeling a lot like the end of the world, but I do I do like pick up everything he's saying in the sense that I was like, ah, oh, I've been feeling that way too. Like, what the fuck? Like, you know, that we're all trying to act like the fires in Australia are normal or, you know, mm. that all the things that are reported about climate change, that eventually it'll become like school shootings where people will, won't think it's a big deal or think that that's normal. I was even hearing someone t- like on Twitter or so- somewhere saying that that was one of the things that her her kids were saying 
um, was at least they were like saying, oh, good, you know, they, the quarantine is good because now they don't have to worry about anyone breaking into their house and shooting them, you know, like they were like, what's a break from all of the, all the danger you have in public school with school shootings mm. and stuff like that, which, you know, I, I was like, uh, that's a little harsh, but valid. So I don't know. It's hard not to get very distressing. Oh, no. I was thinking, yeah, we were going to, I should talk to, I was thinking about um, something in art history I used to show the class a lot of. Like it's in, um, there's a Bruegel painting that's in, in line with a lot of medieval paintings. And it's like about the plague and it has this gigantic panorama with all these skeletons marching across it and people running and screaming and the city's on fire. And, uh, and there's a corner of it, like in the very corner, it's a very small, there's like a table that's overturned. And then underneath the table are a man and a woman, like looking into each other's eyes, like they're in love. The one is playing the harp and the woman is swooning like, Oh, you know, they're completely oblivious to the, the end of the world that's happening in the background. And I've noticed there's a lot of, like, paintings about the Black Death or about, like, the end of the world mm. that have these figures in them. Like, and it's sort of not Death and the Maiden, but it's, like, the, that type of theme of, like, the lovers who who are still in love, and so they're not really paying attention to the world ending around them. Mm. I've been thinking about that because I've been having to try to figure out a way to write a write a, a wedding a wedding. Uh, Thing I'm not going to use that in the wedding thing, but I don't know. It's something that I think is interesting, an interesting yeah. theme. I don't know. I mean, it sort of, it sort of seems like it speaks to like the psychological, the psychological element of things. Of like, are you in yeah. a pandemic or are you in a love affair or are you? Yeah. Uh, like, what are you allowing? consume your mind. Yeah. All, all of those things are happening. Um, the, but your reality yeah. gets to be uh, whatever you allow to consume your mind. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And just because it's a pandemic doesn't mean you have to ignore. Like, it's no excuse to ignore your love. You know, yeah. or you know, like that, like... Well, it's kind of like what I was saying earlier, like the numbers are slow right now. Like, that doesn't mean it's not a big deal. It doesn't mean that uh, I don't have to pay attention. But um, what else doesn't it mean? Uh, um, yeah, it doesn't mean you have to not even watch, like other things going on, you know, because, uh, not yeah. concerned about people you saying, well, well everyone's distracting. Why of... don't I try to do this? Why don't I outlaw abortion? Or why not, Why don't I try to get rid of uh, gay rights or whatever? Because no one's paying attention, you know, that sort of <laughs> you, thing. Yeah, you, I feel like we all have a lot of control to, like, shape what this is. Um, we do. I was listening I to a podcast yesterday with Jack Cornfield. Do you I like Jack like Cornfield. Yeah, yeah um, I don't listen to the podcast, but maybe I should. I like Jack Cornfield. He was on uh, Tim Ferriss, and Tim Ferriss had it set up like a little therapy session. And he was talking to some people in quarantine in China and talking about how people pay to go to his um, meditation center, and they pay a lot of money to sit in a room by themselves and be isolated. And that... Mm-hmm they're somehow um, getting this uh, retreat life for free because of the pandemic. And he was saying, like, this could be an opportunity for you to, like, use your mind to change your perspective on, like, what what this means. And I just liked the way that he broke it down because um, it seems like, to uh, suggest to like kind of like make lemonade out of lemons or whatever sometimes can be a little uh, oppressive depending on yeah. who's delivering the message and um, who wants to hear it and who doesn't want to hear it. 
Um, yes, I could see why it's oppressive. Like some people think it's oppressive. Like especially I w- when I hear like usually it's upper class um, blonde people who say you know who believe in affirmation, like you know affirmative thinking or like mm. you know what would you call it like the the gift type of things where they say oh yeah if you change your thought the law of attraction will make this happen for you, you know. Like, I used to be somewhat suspicious of that type of thought, or I still am in the sense that it has an implicit, like, judgment in it, kind of, or it's easy to see a judgment in it, like, well, if someone's having a terrible time in life, it's because they manifested that with their mm-hmm. negative thoughts. You know what I mean? And But I do think it's also true that you can change your reality tunnel and how you, like, Reality tunnel. Cool. Yeah. Yes. You, 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 and a lot of like, I forgot, Duncan Trussell was also talking about those. That's a term that William, not William Burroughs, uh, what the fuck is his name? Well, it doesn't matter. Uh, I forgot yeah. his name, but that's one of the, it's not my term, but uh, Duncan Trussell talked about it, I think, once. Yeah. On one of his podcasts, he was talking about magicians and, and the news and stuff like that, where the news and, and other people are always trying to, create a reality channel for you to tra- be trapped in, to think about the world in. So, like, mm. you know, maybe they'll be, like, casting a spell and pushing you into a reality tunnel where you believe that, like, everyone, like, uh, uh, I don't know, like, that would limit you, like, something like you interpret everything and everyone is being a sexist or, you know, and that's your reality tunnel that you interpret everything from a feminist point of view or that you interpret everything mm. from a Marxist point of view. And so it traps, it cements the way you view the world so that you only see things from a Marxist point of view or you only see things from like a specific point of view that mm. allows you to sort of interpret everything. Yeah, I feel that, like I was trying to think like what is the, what's the line of like it being like dismissive versus like helpful in terms of like changing your thinking? But I think what I've witnessed or been noticing is just changing your mind in general yeah. is, the, is the trick. It's not about being correct or right, but, like, in terms of, like, yeah. listening to Duncan, they just, like, play with a conspiracy, not to believe it, but just to, like, think differently than... yeah. Um, that is a prescribed way of looking at things. And that is like a way of like, um, moving forward or getting past. And it's not about like correctness. It's more just about, um, yeah. What do you think about that? I think you're right. Well, I think I I realized, I remembered the author's name is Robert Anton Wilson writes a lot about it. And stuff, but it's and it's a it's a magic thing too. Is the idea of like not necessarily believing one interpretation, but having access to them, sort of like having your brain or mind pliable enough that it can easily slip into a different way of reading the world. And then once it it does that, like even though like it's not about really truth or falseness necessarily as much as is like seeing the different ways you could view the same event and then choosing the one that you either think is the best or the one that is the most helpful. The most you know, helpful. I, Not the most or like correct. Maybe it's the one that's morally correct, you know, mm-hmm. where like I could say like the, those freaking weirdos who bought all the Purell from all the states around them, like a lot of them, and then wanted to sell them all for lot of money on Amazon, like a big markup of a hundred dollars or something, mm. you know, and, and how terrible that was. I could interpret that as this terrible deed, or I could interpret it as they're entrepreneurial. They're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're patriots who are exemplifying, they're, they're crafty. They saw an opportunity <laughs> and they took it. You know, I could see it that way, but I choose not to because I don't think that's ethically correct. Like, you know, I could I yeah. could choose to see it as they're horrible monsters, or I could right. see, I could choose to see it as that they're scared, they don't know how to change their life, they're trying to figure out a way to get money because they're also afraid, 
and they feel like money will protect them, and they yeah. desperately did this this action to protect their family. You know, and felt really guilty. You know, like, and I could read that too. Like, and it's the one where, like, I could go on Twitter and cancel them and like pile on them and say you're terrible, you're a monster, which I'm sure people have. And there's part of me that wants to, but I also could see it in in a lot of different ways. And I think it 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 works kind of as a detachment. You know what we're talking about with meditation, about this whole slight detachment from your your mind, like the idea of Duncan Trussell doing these sort of crazy conspiracy theories is to sort of test out what is it like seeing the world from this point of view, mm. you know? and you know doing experiments like I think I told you about the quarter experiment with Robert Anton Wilson or the you know there's a lot of experiments that you're supposed to play with your mind, like one of them is you know to believe magically that you'll 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 find a quarter and that or like one to believe like scientifically mm. this are the chances of finding a quarter and timing it until you find one and go aha and then doing one where you sort of think magically the reason you found the quarter was for some magical reason mm. and see what the differences in experiences and trying to interpret it both ways I, I i haven't read that in a long time but yeah, I can't remember you talking about it before. I think so, too. I probably talked about it on a podcast, unfortunately. Mm, that's okay. Yeah, so I don't know. I think so. So have you tried meditating he, uh, now during the crisis? Because I haven't. Yeah, oh, I mean, I, I haven't have during the crisis. I, be, I really love on Ram Dass's website, there's like a guided meditation library. And yes. I did this one where it's called the center and you imagine that you are the center of the universe and you imagine concentric circles going out from your heart and encompassing the whole world. And mm. then, um, yesterday, oh, I started doing um, a colorful quarantine illustration game that my friend Summer... Uh, put together and so um, I drew my little isolation guy with concentric circles coming out because even though we're isolated we are like all connected and I really love I really love those guided meditations because of course I'm obsessed with Ram Dass Um, well he's a babe he's a babe um, yeah, he's got he's kind of like a, this flirtatious little voice that just like is very soothing and very relaxing, and they're also very like imaginative. So like he's like yeah. nostrils on your chest where you can breathe elixir of life and love clear out your body. And I don't know, I just think all those um, his meditation is very active. Um, it's been kind of a yeah. game changer. So I, don't, I haven't been doing it every day, but um did a couple the other day, and um, they're kind of my go-tos. But I would like to just install, like, an hour of sitting in silence. But um, I think since I'm still working, my days are pretty full. Um, and oh, yeah. I, need make, I need to make time for it. No, I agree with that. I mean, I'm not agree with it, but that sounds great. I think having a structured sort of hard thing. And like I said, right now, um, this, you know, whenever someone draws me, like hires me to draw their pet, it's kind of nice. Um, and I'm doing your cat, by the way. Oh, yeah. How's it going? Which Just for fun. Did you because use? I make, what? What picture did you use? I, maybe I'll keep it as a surprise. Okay. Maybe. I can't but, wait, I can't or I could tell you if you want, if you really want, but no, you I can. think it'll be a surprise. Okay. Because it's, it's, kind of it's kind of a theme I'm working on some of my photos. Okay. I'm so excited. There's a type that I, I find funny, funniest. But we'll see. 
but yeah. Do you, do you have a lot of orders currently that you're working through? Um, uh, no, well, a few. Like, there's one person who ordered some, but they haven't. Uh, I did get someone who I was doing, like, I, I really, because I'm thinking of this as a gift, I'm not, like, if people can pay what what I want, you know, what I think they, they, what I'm trying to do. I try to keep my prices pretty low, but um, if they can't do that, then, they, you know, we can work it different ways, you know. So I finished one for someone who was on that, like there was a, a monk that wanted some pictures of their cat or her cat. So I worked with her and then, uh, and, and that was done. And I've done a lot of other ones, but they, they're, they're waiting to pay for them or they, they didn't like mm-hmm. them. So I'm working on other ones. But right now, luckily, I am done with all of that, which is good for now. Because cool. I'm... I'm a little bit tired of it, but I know whenever when it, there's always about two or three orders that come every time I post a big folder of them on the Facebook. Mm. The Facebook is the place where people are interested in it. Instagram, not as much interest in terms of like people like going, oh, I like that enough to get one. It's you know, so not, weird how different those places are, but it's yeah. still the internet. <laughs> it's still the internet, but I think it's like there is a difference between the crowd that's on the Facebook and the crowd that's on the mm-hmm. Instagram and the crowd that's on the Twitter. Like yeah. things that I, I would normally post on Twitter would not fly on Facebook <laughs> or Instagram. Same with the, you know, I don't know, but it's interesting. Right now I'm so biased towards Instagram. I just I'm like so it. So what I like. It seems it seems like everything on it is more like homemade. Mm. Like people post images of photos they've taken or they take photos of things they've made, but there's less memes, less political bullshit, less news mm. items, less advertisement. There's some that's creeping in and that's kind of irritating, but <laughs> Facebook is like a bazillion, like it's mostly memes and articles and things like that. Right. Like you don't really get to know anybody who uses it. You get to know their political opinion. Yeah, you that's get to know, true. I've made a lot of like what you know friends on Instagram. Yeah, and you get to know like the the animals that they think are cute or the, the drawing, mm-hmm. you know. But it's people don't really post their and own. And you find stuff. out a lot about like you find a lot of cool art on there too. We do. Be right about that. You do find a lot of articles. Um, I'm going to cut this short yeah. because I'm going to... I think to... this is about the right amount of time. I was I was kind of tired. But let's um, follow up sooner than No, that later. sounds great. And yeah, and maybe sure. we can talk after the call if, if you, you want to... After we post this, if we want to go back to the other one or not. Okay. I'll send you that so you can listen to it. Maybe I'll listen to it and we can make a decision. Sounds great. Okay. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. Yeah. Give and us a, a shout-out on how you're doing in your quarantine. Yeah. Give it, give it shout-out or advice about making art in quarantine or about how do you – how, as an artist, when you you primarily deal with the audience, like what have you been doing to keep your art practice up or spirits up or, but, you, but yeah, what do you think's going on? Talk to each other, take care of each other. See you next week. Yeah. Okay. Sounds great. Bye friend. Bye. Bye.